This is Podco Media Networks. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. And welcome to our podcast, Be Brave at Work. The purpose of our podcast is to hear stories from real people with real situations in which they have either shown bravery at work and the lessons they learned by showing that bravery or haven't done something at work that they know they should do. And when you haven't done something at work that you know that you should do, there are impacts to your life, to your career that you want to get ideas about. And we hope on this podcast that real people sharing real stories about how they have shown bravery at work can help you take the next steps. In my last podcast, I talked a little bit about the fact that I had stopped using a script. And by stop using a script, I had shown a little bravery, I guess, in respect to getting closer to the content of this podcast. And so that pattern continues. I no longer have a written out statement about what I want to say and how I want to say it and when I want to say it, but I'm working off the cup. So this is uh, Ed Unplugged. And I hope it's working out well for everybody. I'm really excited about our guest today. Our guest today is Trisha Griffin-Cardi. And Trisha is a story finder, a speaker, a presentation coach at Griffin-Cardi Communications. Hi, Trisha. Hi, Ed. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about what your practice is and what you do. Well, basically, I I do all of those things that you mentioned. I am a presentation coach and a facilitator. I work with a lot of different organizations across industries. But my signature work, as indicated in my title, Story Finder, is that I help my clients find their own stories and deliver them where they want on interviews, performance appraisals, presentations, informal discussions. It's wonderful to to hear how people, as you're doing, you know, hear people discover their stories and own them and what that means. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. Well, listen, one of the things I love about our conversation today is that when you think about bravery in the workplace, one of the areas that people get a huge lack of bravery around is presentations and Mm -hmm. storytelling and getting up in front of people and talking. You probably know better than I do the statistic of, you know, people fear speaking in front of people worse than death. I think I heard once or something crazy like that, but it is a significant block for a lot of people. It absolutely is. And I I do think it is my mission in life because I I feel that we are meant to tell our stories. We are meant to speak comfortably and confidently in our own voices. And it's interesting, the research has finally approved what we already knew, that our brains love stories. We think in stories. So my goal is to help people feel comfortable in using stories but also just in getting their message across, whatever that presentation is, one-on-one, one-to-ten, one-to-whatever. To be able to speak at work in your own voice is incredibly important. So I work with people to help them feel comfortable and confident. And is that what a story finder is, helping people find stories that work for them? Absolutely. It is always the other person's story. It's not my story. I usually listen to clients for a while and I will hear certain things and then ask some questions and ask them for more detail. And so I see myself as a guide through that process, that I'm sort of a guide and a witness. But it is their story. It is their voice. And there's such a lot of satisfaction, both for the client and for me as a coach, when people say, I never thought of it that way. 
I honestly never thought of myself that way. I didn't value what I did in that situation. So stories have so many wonderful applications. And yes, I, I love being a story finder. So Tricia, you've worked with thousands of people in the workplace. And I'm just curious, when you think about bravery, you know, what are some words or phrases that come to mind on how you define bravery in the workplace? You know, actually, Ed, I think of bravery in terms of an image, and that image is a kaleidoscope. And if you've seen them around, small children might have them. You know, you pick them up, you turn them, you see different patterns. They can range anywhere from like $5 to thousands when they become works of art, you know. But within that kaleidoscope, when you hold it up to your eye, you look through and you see a particular pattern. There's a number of pieces of glass. There's a number of colors. And all you have to do is turn it just a little bit and a whole new pattern emerges. Turn it again, another new pattern. So I've been thinking about bravery like that. It is so different for each person. It is highly individualized. And with that, you can be brave in an external fashion, like at work where it's obvious, you know, that something has happened, you've taken a step. Or you might be brave internally, where nobody but you really knows that you are stepping out of your comfort zone, that you are taking a risk, that you are being brave in your life. So I think about those things as really kind of the characteristics of what bravery means to me. Highly individualized, multifaceted, multicolored, you know, multi-whatever. Well, I love that. And every podcast that I've hosted, we've learned something new about bravery. And just to paraphrase what you just said, because I think it's so important for people to hear that some bravery is external, right? Mm. This is something that you do with somebody else or say with somebody else and other people know it or experience it and you influence something in a significant way. And yet sometimes, and this is very important for people to know, some bravery is internal and it's maybe something only you know and you don't talk about it, you don't tell people, but it's something you're doing or saying a little bit differently that took some bravery. And both of those are equally important and it's a great way to think about executing bravery in the workplace, either doing it externally or doing it internally. Well, that's absolutely on the mark. And the thing I would add to that is that we may not be telling other people what we're doing if it's internal, but we're definitely telling a story to ourselves. And sometimes that story, you want that story to change, or maybe it just changes and you don't notice it. But one of the things to think about is, what story am I telling myself? And that really, I think, is at the essence that an external moment of bravery involves, in story terms, uh, characters and action, conflict and a time and a place and resolution. The internal story has all those as well. But what happens when you become both the protagonist and the antagonist and the conflict or the tension is within you? That's what I'm really interested in, that internal story of bravery. All of the guests that we've had on our show have a bravery story, and I think we'd love to hear yours. I would love to share it with you, and I've loved listening to all the other people being interviewed with such wonderful stories. So I guess I'll start with earlier in my career, I was started my business. I was actually doing pretty well. I was getting referrals, and I was working, doing facilitation of workshops, and I actually wound up with some pretty big clients, both in finance and manufacturing and academia. But I kept thinking, I need an MBA. I didn't have an MBA. I had a Master's of Arts in English. And the work I was doing really lent itself to that. 
but I was convinced I needed an MBA. So every spring for a number of years, I would order catalogs so I could get the full picture. And these catalogs would come in and they would pile up on the side in my hallway in front of my front door. And at some point they would topple over into some sort of disheveled heap and I would throw them away. But before I did that, I always picked up the top catalog, opened it randomly and said, let's see what they have to offer. And what I would find was something like macroeconomics. And I thought, hmm, not exactly my thing. So that was that year. Next year, same thing. Pick up the top one, open it up. Statistical analysis. Once again, just didn't see this as, as being something that I would be interested in or be want to execute. So I sort of, after a while, stopped ordering the catalog, stopped thinking about it, and, and pursued my own interests of communications and presentation and workshop facilitation and coaching. And it really grew and grew. And I was being, you know, again, referred in large divisions to another division and individuals and all that. So things were going quite well. However, I never really forgot about that nagging doubt that I didn't have an MBA. It just stayed with me. And then I got to the point where I thought, you know, I just don't care. I didn't do it. It's something I could have. It's not a goal I, I achieved. Just let it go. Easier said than done. Well, time goes by. And just a couple of years ago, I was invited to be a keynote speaker at a large, prestigious conference for career coaches. It was at Georgetown University. It was very selective. And they wanted me to come in and talk to these career coaches about storytelling. How could they help their candidates, their clients, their constituencies, tell effective stories on interviews in a highly competitive job market? We know the job market's been great recently, but with that comes increased competition. So I prepared my materials and I was excited about doing it. And I went that day to deliver it. I stood in front of the group. Everybody loved it. They were quoting me throughout the day. Other people mentioned the stories, et cetera. It was a big success. But the aha moment is this. The full name of that group was the MBA Career Coaches. <laughs> yeah, ironic, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. These, were, <laughs> these were people from the top schools in the country and MBA career coaches advising these very credentialed, bright, articulate individuals on how to use story going out in their interviews. And it just... I mean, I knew when I saw the title, but it hit me the day that I went to do it when I walked in to the lobby and saw the sign and saw my name. And it was just one of those moments where you realize, wow, I was struggling so hard for something that I really didn't need by listening to what I was doing best and getting better at it, that I was in the right place. So it was an eye opener, to say the least. We could do a whole separate series of podcasts on the values of MBAs mm -hmm. and whether or not in today's business world, based on the expectations and evolution of business, whether having an MBA is needed or not. But you found an answer for yourself in, in a somewhat subtle, kind of ironic way. Well, definitely ironic. <laughs> the, the other irony is that no one ever asked me if I had an MBA. And I worked for some, as I said, top financial institutions and manufacturing engineering firms. No one ever asked me because they could see that I was doing what I did and I did it well. So the bravery on my part, I think, was staying with it. It's kind of like bravery by default. 
I continue to hold that in my head. That was the story I was telling myself. And after a while, I began to try to change the story, look at the success that I was having, and really lean into that other than this really artificial tension and pressure I put on myself. You know, it's not much different than an experience I had with the International Coach Federation. And in a much briefer way, I'll share with you that I got certified through the International Coach Federation because I believed as I started becoming a coach that you needed it and that it would be a differentiator in the marketplace. And as I tell people who ask me about the certification, I always say, look, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Mm. On one hand, you should absolutely get it because you will learn a lot and build great relationships. On the other hand, no one has ever asked me about it. <laughs> so, no one has ever said, well, I shouldn't say no one. There's probably been a couple of times where someone said, hey, we're looking for coaches from the International Coach Federation. But 98% of the time in the 12 years that I've been doing this business, no one has ever said, Ed, we're hiring you. One of the reasons is because you have a certification through the uh, International Coach Federation. So you know, I think these things exist in life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what lessons do you think you learned Tricia, what could you share with our listeners that you think they should be aware of as they're thinking about whether I should get an MBA or not, or make another you know, big committal decision in respect to something that requires time and effort to get? I think it's partly that. It's wider, as you mentioned, than just simply getting an MBA. It has to do, I'm, I'm back to the world I live in, the world of story, the story we tell ourselves. And at some point, listening to that little voice that says, this really isn't for you. You could do this. You could go here, get that, do this. But it probably will never be your best because your passion and your talents lie over here in this other direction. As part of that story, I didn't particularly value what I had because I just did it so naturally. So if it was so easy, how could it be valued by anybody else? I soon learned that a lot of people valued it. So I think the bravery has something to do with saying, I think I'm going to change the story I'm telling myself and maybe the story I'm hearing from outside. Maybe I'll be brave and think about how can I craft my own path and see how that goes. And it's just really all about that listening piece. So when there's a decision to be made, sometimes the obvious decision may be the one you have to take. You know, you have to move to another city or get a new job or something like that. But when you have some quieter moments of reflection, that's what I come back to. When in your mind, there's this tension going on, you're both the main character and the antagonist. I'd really pay attention to that and pay attention particularly to the discomfort you feel in pursuing the obvious goal, the one that you're supposed to have or supposed to do. And I'm not, I believe certainly in credentials and education and all of that, but really listening to what is at the essence of what I contribute to the workplace. You know, what do I bring when I show up? And right, right. giving yourself permission. Yeah. Right. Well, look, so my second great lesson for me today in listening to you, the first was that bravery can be internal or mm-hmm. external. The second is bravery isn't always about what you do or say. It could be also something you don't do or don't say, right? Sometimes it takes bravery to not take a step or not take an action or not say something that may seem like it needs to be done, but upon reflection, and maybe it's years later, really didn't need to get done at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Tricia, thank you so much for 
speaking with us today. This was a fantastic conversation. If someone wants to talk with you a little bit more about this particular topic or your practice in general, what are some ways folks can get in touch with you? Sure, there are several ways. There's my website, www.griffincartycommunications.com. Griffin Carty Communications is all one word. My email, tgcarty, C-A-R-T-Y, at gmail.com. Or I can be reached at 781-413-5363. All of those ways would work. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Tricia, for your time today and for sharing with us such a terrific story. Thank you, Ed. I really enjoyed it. Okay, listeners, thank you so much for taking time today to listen to our podcast, and we look forward to chatting with you next week. Have a great week. Take care.